of honor to Bishop Mother and his brother Middleton Dia. Thank the Lord for them. Pastor Wright and his family, thank God for them. <clears throat> Give honor to this great church. Most of all, we give honor to the Lord Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, most of all, we give honor to him who is from everlasting to everlasting. Just can't get enough of him. I'm trying, but it hasn't it happened yet. I'm trying to just get all I can. I don't know how long he's going to wait before he comes back. I really don't know. And uh, really don't care. <laughs> um, I'm not real happy with some of the things going on in the world. But I love the life he's allowed me to live. And um, things he's allowed me to participate in. And the kingdom and my family. And... Um, I don't know if it's pre or mid or post-trib. Some of you scholarly brethren may have the answer to all that. If you know it, just keep it to yourself. I've reached a conclusion of my own. And my conclusion is Jesus has got it under control no matter what day he comes back on. Uh, I say that but facetiously, but I am... I am curious. Brother Nichols and I were talking the other day about uh, the coming of the Lord and putting um, current events with Scripture. And, and while I do believe the Scripture that no man knoweth the day nor the hour, I don't, I don't think any of us will ever pinpoint the day. And I, I doubt from what I have found personally in Scripture, I doubt there's ever going to be a point that he says, okay, tomorrow's the day. But I do believe the sons of Issachar uh, were men who knew the times. And that was their claim to fame. They knew the seasons they were living in. And I think the principle of that is something that we ought to reflect today. We, we ought to be able to look around and see uh, that we're living in a time not one of you ever thought you would live to see us living in. And um, I, I remember growing up in an environment in a community in South Arkansas where you really didn't have to lock your doors. Everybody knew everybody. And they still do down there in that little town. And, um, but now we're having conversations, at least at my house we are, that the first day there's a transgender bathroom put in the public schools, my little children are going somewhere else. I, I, don't, I don't know how the rest of y'all feel about that, but I've decided to just go ahead and draw some lines in the dirt at my house. Me and my house are going to serve the Lord. We ain't crossing over that. And I'm okay with it. I, if it offends you for me to say that, you can just get over it. 
If it was your family, Brother Shelton, <laughs> don't start that with me. You don't know what I've already told my family. I had a niece call me one day, and she just a snotting and a slobbering and a crying and a mess. I said, honey, just stop it all right now. I was trying to play golf. I said, just stop all this snotting and carrying on right now. Are you ready to go with me to the altar? Well, Uncle Scott, you know I got hurt at church. I said, then call me when you're ready. And I hung up on her and went on back to playing golf. The only help we got for the world is an altar. Best thing I can do for you is drag your behind to an altar and tell you we're going to pray till we break through this. I've made some commitments to God I ain't going back on. I, I've, I've drawn some lines in the sand. I'm not, I'm not crossing over that. I've decided here's where I'm going to die. <clears throat> I never thought we'd live in the times we live in today. Never thought you'd have to worry about a drone flying overhead, spying on you in your backyard. I had one hovering over my house the other day and I reached under my shirt and pulled it up and just pointed at it and off it went. I will dust you off, you come back. You may get in trouble. Yeah, sure might. But I've made some decisions at my house. I expect, I fully expect to get in trouble for some godly principles that I'm not compromising on. I'm not going to say that lifestyle is okay just to make everybody around me comfortable. And you can act all whatever and not clap and say amen if you want to. I don't really care. At my house, what's right and in the word is still right and in the word. That's how we're going to live at 915 River Chase Drive. I don't know when he's coming. Furthermore, I don't know when I'm dying. I may blow the turn on the way home. A plane may go down for all I know. But I promise you this much. He's got a hold of me and I've got a hold of him. And however long I stay on this planet, when he does or does not come, none of it really is that relevant to me. <coughs> What's relevant is, I know where he's going to take me. If I'm yet holding on when that day comes. And those are the decisions that we've each one got to make every single solitary day. Every day. I mean, look around you at the mess we live in. They're rioting up in Milwaukee. Again, there's a riot breaking out somewhere because this event or that event. And we've got cops shooting people and people shooting cops. And that level of mistrust creeps into every element of society. And I never know, do you like me or do you not like me? And you get pulled over for a speeding ticket and you don't know what's going to happen. And the guy pulling you over don't know what's going to happen. There was a day that mess didn't happen in this country. How did it get here, Brother Shelton? Well, the scripture says that perilous times must come. And there's going to be a day, and it may be now. I mean, neither one of us, either party or the other, would have ever believed our options would be what they are. But I'm not worried about that. I'm a gun owner, but I'm not worried about my Second Amendment rights. I'm worried about where me and my family are going to spend eternity. 
yeah, I want to preserve my constitutional rights, but that's not what makes me the person that I am. I'm not here trying to find, make this life better. I'm trying to get through this life for the better life that's on the way. I'm living for a place where there are no constitutional issues. I'm living for a place where there is no racial strife. I'm living for a place where class of life has no bearing on what we're doing. I'm looking for a place far better than the one I'm living in, Sister Naomi. I'm enjoying this life, but it's not what I'm living for. Enjoy it while you're here. Don't get enamored with it. Don't grow addicted to it. The scripture says where your heart is, you're going to find all your treasures there too. Lord, help me that I never find my treasures piled up in this world and this world only. I I don't want my children to not know God. Therefore, I'm going to live for him and serve him in front of them. I, I don't want my wife to ever wonder what our future is going to be. I don't know what the political arena is going to do. I can tell you that at some point in time, it's all going to go crazy and it's all going to fall apart. And at one point or another, there's going to be a one world government. It's in the book. You might as well just make your mind up that Mayberry has long since left the station. We're not going back to 1950. We're not going back to the 80s. We're not going back to the 90s. But the church is going to keep going forward and nothing about the church is going to change. He is still going to be the El Shaddai. He is still going to be Jehovah Jireh. He is still going to be Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Tiskadu. He's still going to be the one in whom I place all of my trust. There are some things we can't change. You can stand, sit, whatever. I'm not telling you what to do. That's between you and Jesus. Some things are not going to be able to be changed by us. Because the scripture says that there's going to come a day that men are going to be lovers of their own selves more than lovers of God. People who have never known God cannot transfer their allegiance and and alliance. They, They can't begin to love themselves more than they love God because they don't know him. They don't love him. And that scripture is pointing at us in the church that there's going to come a day that those who have followed me all these years are going to begin to love themselves and love what they want to do and love their agenda and love their life more than they love me. And there's, there's people that are going to drop out of church that you never would have thought would drop out. They're, they're, they're going to, they're going to be here one day and be gone the next. <clears throat> it's already happening. Why? Because scripture's got to be fulfilled. There's coming a day when people are going to love themselves more than they choose to love God. There are people that you cannot pray hard enough to get them to change their life. They want to live the way they're living, and if they didn't, they'd let you help them at an altar. We're trying to counsel people into life changes, and you cannot counsel people into changing their life. You can, if you're convincing somebody through a counseling session to change their behavior, it won't be long before they go back to doing the way they used to because you can't counsel them seven days a week. You've got to have a life and they got to have a life. But if we could ever get them into an exchange with Jesus and 
They lay down one life and let him put on them another life. All of a sudden, God can reach into their life and change everything. We've got to make decisions every single day. It's it's not a one-size-fits-all deal or a one-shot deal here. Every day, you and I have got to make decisions. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. My choice yesterday don't work for today. And what I've chosen to do today isn't going to play over to tomorrow. When I get up in the morning, I've got to make my mind up before Brother Johnson ever picks me up at the hotel at 5 o'clock. I've got to have my mind made up. I'm going to serve God today. I, I don't know what's going to happen on that plane I don't know what's going to happen when I'm driving home. I don't know what's going to happen before I pick my kids up from school tomorrow. But what I do know is that whatever does happen and whatever does come, I'm going to have my hand in his and I'm going to be giving him my trust and my confidence and my allegiance and my loyalty because I love him. And the only hope I've got of making it through this world is him. The enemy is... He's shrewd. Somehow or another, he has managed to get us over the years to determine what we're going to do as an individual based on what everybody else around us is doing. And I've, I've always been stubborn. Um, I don't mind admitting that to you. I, the Lord's helping me. I've, I've always had a strong constitution. My wife will tell you. Now, you can play as long as you feel like it. And I'm happy with it. Or you can just rest whatever you feel to do. I'm going to leave that between you and Jesus too. <clears throat> my, my wife, <laughs> bless her heart, I love her guts. She is just wonderful. But there's times that there's something that's not on her, it's me, okay? I'm going to let me, let me establish this up front. This is my problem. But there are times that we'll be eating and she'll say, would you get me some tea? Sure. I know how much she wants. I know. She fills her glass up when the meal starts. And at this point, every meal, when she asks for a refill of tea, all she wants is a half a glass. I don't know why. I don't understand that. But that's all the woman wants is a half a glass. I know that. I'm already aware of it. And that's all I intend to give her is a half a glass. But then she starts telling me, that's enough. Stop. Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, no, 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 no. I just keep pouring and one day I just run it right over the top. She said, I cannot believe what you're sitting here doing. I said, you believe it, sister, and it's going to happen every time you tell me how much tea to pour. There's just something in me and the Lord's helped me. Uh, along the way, I, and and she's been a great influence on me since that day. And and I, <laughs> yeah, I've learned how to be right. <clears throat> but there is something in me. I, I've never been one of these little people that want to just go crawl up in the corner and just throw the towel in because things are bad. Or I, I have an attitude problem, and I, I confess it. If you don't already know it about me, you should after 22 years. You ought to know it. I have a bit of an attitude issue. I don't take being bullied all that well. I, I don't, I'm not far this intimidation jump. I, I, people stare at me in, in the Walmart. I have to go ask them, what is, what is it? I've asked them, what, what is it? 
What are you talking about? Well, you've been checking me out for 10 minutes. What are you staring at me for? My wife's like, will you just let it go? They're going to shoot you one day. <laughs> but there's just something in my makeup. And the Lord's helping me with this. I haven't had an episode in a couple of days. <laughs> it's been longer than that. And when I see how bad things are getting in the world, I don't get real all that depressed. I mean, I really don't. I've quit listening to the news. What do they know? It's all a lie anyway. Oh, not Fox. Bless your heart. <laughs> Getting that, I remember, y'all mind if I just chat with you a little while? That'd be all right. I remember back when um, Y2K was the deal. <laughs> I remember the 88 Reasons deal. You remember that? <laughs> Stupid. And, but back at Y2K and all that nonsense, I was sitting with Brother Barnes one day, and it was like December the 21st or 2nd or something. We were right at Christmas. And I said, uh, Brother Barnes, what do you think about this Y2K business? I don't think about it. Well, what's your opinion? I don't have one. I said, well, are you going to store up food and such? Nope. I got more faith than that. I said, so you, you're not stocking up on bottled water and bologna and various other items like that? Nope. New Year's Day, me and Lucille going to be eating steak. You can eat bologna if you want to. I said, well, I canceled an opportunity to go to Israel on a trip because we'd have been in the air at the moment of all of that New Year's moment and all these planes are going to drop out and, and he had his, he had his Bible laid up on his little desk and he said, well, you should have bought the ticket. Israel's a beautiful place. I said, what about them planes falling out of the sky? Ain't going to happen. I said, well, how do you know that? I've been looking. It's not in the book. Ask him about global warming. Ain't nothing they can do to stop this global warming I know about in this book. <laughs> hey, it's just that simple to have peace in Jesus. You hear me? It's just that simple. He lived by this book. I mean, I'm telling you, 13 and a half years I spent with that man. He lived by this book. If he couldn't find it in the book, it didn't matter what you told him you thought was going to happen. He didn't sit around and listen to it. He only wanted to know what was in that book. He said he went to his, he called it his library. I was in my library one day, boy. I just feel like talking about the old prophet. And he said, he went up and, and there was a book in his shelf. And he said, just as my finger hit that book top and started to pull it out of the shelf, 
The Lord said, all right, Tom. What are you getting off the shelf there, boy? He said, Lord, this is a book on such and such subject. This guy wrote it, and I was reading some things in the Word the other day, and it just really stuck me and uh, stood out to me. And he said, I just, I, I remembered this man had written about it, and I wanted to see what he had to say on the subject so I could understand it. And he said, the Lord spoke to him. He said, all right, Tom, did I write that book? No, sir, you didn't. He said, so you're going to read a book written by somebody else about a book written by me. He said, I'll give you the choice, boy. You can read somebody else's opinion about my book. Or you can spend a little time with me and I'll explain my book to you. He said it changed everything for him. Everything changed right that minute. I watched him over the years that I was around him. He never got ruffled about anything. From witches traveling from Germany to challenge him and his God. He had one show up. I think I've told you this before, but he had one show up one time and he opened the door and the Lord had told him she's coming. All right. That's how he talked. What are you doing here? She said, I'm here to prove to you that my God is more. Are y'all bored? Now they got a little potluck going on downstairs. We can go right on. She said, I'm here to prove to you that my God is more powerful than yours. She said, I am a fourth generation, fifth generation witch from Germany. I flew over here to prove to you that my God is more powerful than yours. And I thought to myself when I heard that story, the first thing that stood out to me was this little German witch that ain't never been over here knows who you are. We sat around scared of the devil and they know him from halfway around the world. And so she had conducted some little test and, and got permission to come and prove. And he said, all right, how are you going to prove it? And he had this old chandelier above his desk. And she said, I'm going to make that chandelier swing violently back and forth till it nearly falls out of the ceiling. He said, no, nope, never happened. Not in this house. But give it a shot. So he went back to his desk and sat down right up under all that chandelier. And she stood in front of his couch and she strained and she chanted and she did stuff. He said veins were popping out and her face was blood red. And he said, I let that nonsense go on for about 20 minutes, boy. <clears throat> he said, finally, I told her, all right. I told you it never happened here. Now sit down on that couch. She said, I will not sit down on this couch. Oh yeah, you're going to sit down. Now sit down. You can't make me sit down. He said, in the name of Jesus, sit down. He said, the Holy Ghost hit her and knocked her backwards into that couch. He said, boy, I thought he had broke her neck. I don't know why I'm telling y'all all this. I just feel like talking about the prophet. I feel a need for that spirit in here for a minute. And for the next little while, he taught her a Bible study. She squirmed and fidgeted and the Holy Ghost kept her pinned to that couch. Wouldn't let her even move. 
When he got home that evening, he was sitting on the foot of his bed. She hadn't had enough yet. He gets home and he looks up and there's three demonic spirits standing there. Now, for those of you that are new to the apostolic church, we believe in devils. You can't believe in Jesus and not believe in Satan. You can't believe in angels and not believe in demonic spirits. So, and you can't be an apostolic and pretend they don't exist. <clears throat> you just a pretender. He said he looks up and there's, boy, there were three devils standing there. I looked at those fellers and I said, what are you boys doing here? Now that's how he treated them. They're just boys, just a fella. <laughs> and one spirit spoke to him and said, the witch that we serve that was in your office today sent us to torment you for three days and nights. And on the fourth day, she's coming back to your office and she's going to prove the power of her God. No, nope, never happened. What's going to happen is you three are going back to her and you're going to do to her what she told you to do to me. Have her in my office on the fourth day at nine o'clock. On the fourth day at nine o'clock. Knocking on his door. Come in. She's standing there, big old bags under her eyes, dark circles trembling. I don't know how you did it. I don't have an explanation for it. But get them off of me and I'll never bother you again. That's who we are. It don't matter what's going on in the political arena. It don't matter what's going on on social media. It don't matter. We are the blood-bought people of God. And that is who you are. We, we don't realize just how afraid of us the devil really is. One, one day he, Brother Barnes, <clears throat> he was such a unique guy. He wasn't complicated. He wore polyester suits, little old cheap dress shirts looked like. He wore them little nylon socks that wouldn't hardly come up over his ankles. And 90% of the time they were sagging down around his shoe tops. You'd go to see him and he used to wear zip ties. You know them little ties that just zip right up? He, he wore them a lot. No pretense. No, no air of anything. Just, it was just him. And, uh, when you go see him, a lot of times he'd have his little old feet crossed at them bony ankles and his little sock feet sticking up on that desk and his feet looked that long, you know, and <clears throat> you never, if you go see the prophet, you always take him something. Uh, you, you go visit a prophet, take them a little cup of water or something. Don't, don't go in there without a peace offering. I'm just telling you right now, don't go see the prophet without a peace offering. He loved ice cold Dr. Peppers. And there was a gas station right there close to the church <clears throat> that had one of their freezers. If you went back in there and got it right out of the back, it was so cold that when you cracked that lid, it ice up on top. And he loved them. So... It didn't spare me from a rebuke, but at least I knew I was doing the right thing. Because there were, there were a few times he put that long finger right in my face. One day we were talking, he said he had been at the church all that day and on the day in, in, that we were discussing. And he said, you know, boy, 
I got ready to go to the house. Lucille had supper waiting on me. It was cold outside. And he put his hat on. And he put his overcoat on. I reached in my pocket. Get my keys. He said, I jingled them. I thought about how much that old boy hates to hear the sound of keys. <laughs> you got it, didn't you? <laughs> he used to have a set, boy. And when he thought he had Jesus, he went down there and took them away from him. And he knows when he hears them keys jingling, he knows there's coming a day he's going to be locked up forever. He's going to be put in chains, boy. <laughs> I'm just telling you. He told me one day, he said, I just, every now and then, boy, I get them keys out and just rattle them for him. I ain't got anything to say. I just want to torment the old boy. Just rattle my keys at him. He knows what it means. He'd go to the pulpit to preach, and it was, it was, it was common to hear him say stuff. All right, Lord. I want you to honor what I'm about to say. Satan, wherever you are, every devil in the region, I command you to listen to what I'm about to preach. A message about the one true living God. Let all the spirit world hear it. And let the revelation of the mighty God reverberate through the spirit. And he'd pray that God would force every demonic spirit in the region, whatever they were doing, to stop what they were doing and listen to what he was about to preach. What he was fixing to say, he commanded those demonic spirits in the region to stop their activity and listen to him. He got out of his chair this one day that we were discussing. He got his overcoat, put his hand in his pocket, got his keys, was thinking about all that. He said, all right. Satan... Wherever you at, boy, come in here. Nothing happened. <laughs> I said it didn't. No, nothing happened, boy. He's stubborn. So I said it again. Nothing happened. Third time, I said, I command you, in the name of Jesus, come in here. And he said this plume of fire erupted out of the floor of his office right in front of him. Just... And he said, there that old boy stood. There he stood. And he screamed at me. What do you want? Why are you calling me in here? And Brother Barnes looked at that thing and told him. I just needed to make sure you knew that I know you are subject to me because of his name. His blood and his word. I, I'm just telling you, that's, that's who we are in the apostolic church. That's who you are. Whether you realize that or not, I don't know, but that's who you are. That's the anointing that you've got. That's the power that you've got. That's the authority that you've got. Some things we can't change. I cannot change the direction the world's going. I can pray. And if the enemy's getting ahead of the timetable of God, I can pray and God will stop it. And we ought to be praying about what's happening in our world. 
We ought to be praying harder about it than we've ever prayed, but not none of this. I just don't see how people could do this. I just don't. Yes, you do. It's called sin. It's called flesh. What I am more mystified by is how little we do about it. I expect them to go crazy because that's what people do without God. They turn to everything else the world has to offer them except Jesus because they don't know Jesus. They're doing what comes natural to them. They're passing legislation and voting stuff in and changing the whole moral fabric of society. And, and, and we're, we're, we're confused as to how they could be willing to do that. Paul said, and now it's no longer I that do it, but the sin that's in my members. He gave us the key. My nature is sinful and nasty and horrible and left to its own devices. This is what it is. What I don't understand and what I I don't get is why we are so hesitant to be the bride. Up here. When was the last time without solicitation, whatever your greatest need in your life is, you took authority and began to speak life over it as opposed to asking God to do something about it. Those of you that were here this morning, I know it sounds like a dovetail to all of that, but at some point in time, sooner rather than later, I'm hoping, we have got to stir up in our remembrance who we really are. It's, you know what? I, I'm gonna go ahead and step out on this and say this a minute. Yes, our church services ought to just be rocking this thing right down to the slab. We, we ought to just be melting the musicians. Just They ought to be exhausted when church is over. The instruments, we ought to beat them drums, Junior. Just beat the fire out of them until you just tore them all to pieces. Yeah, we ought to do all that. We ought to dance till we ain't got a dry thread on us. But it's not about just here. It's not just about what we're doing in the sanctuary. It's not just about, and, and I'm, I'm concerned for the church as a whole, that we have predicated everything on how our church services go. You got, let, let me tell you something. There are going to be those nights and those mornings that come where it isn't going to be just popping. It isn't going to be just everybody on their feet all the time. That should never be the norm. But regardless of what does or does not happen in here, none of that changes who he is. None of that relegates us to living some life of mediocrity just because we had a bad church service. Are you kidding me? Our church was dead. Were you in the church? And, and we look at all, some of them, bless their heart, they didn't get it. No, I ain't even going to explain it. I'm just going to move on. Church is dead. <laughs> and you in the church. For God's sake, strike a match. How many of you are tired of predictable church? Oh, be brave about it. Hands up. From Brother McGuckey and all the way to the front, people got hands up all over. 
Well, do something about it. Do something about it. That's it, Brother Richards. Do something about it. What we once were isn't good enough. It's what are we now? You've got power to tread on serpents. When was the last time you did that? You've got authority over the lion and the young adder. When was the last time you exercised it? When was the last time you got tired of having your head beat in by the devil? And you got up in the morning and drew the lion right out of the bed. When was the last time we acted like we have the right to act beyond here? When was the last time that my thought process was different than, I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said to an individual this morning, Don't you let the devil lie to you. Don't you let him feed you that lie. Don't you listen to it for one second. And if he's telling you that, then God must really... And that individual's here tonight, so I wanted to hear me say this again. If the enemy is telling you that stuff at that level as hard as he's telling you, what do you think it is he's trying to keep you from being a part of? What promise is it that he's heard come from the throne of God That he knows. What do you think he knows God intends to do with you? The enemy knew God's plan for Job long before Job ever knew there was a fight going on in the heavens. And if the enemy... And and here's the crazy thing about the way this works sometimes. It seems like the enemy gets to go first. He either jumps the gun and tries to abort the timing of God or God says to him, go ahead, give it your best shot, son. And we, the people of God, look at that and wonder, where's God? What's going on? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? What have I done? What have I done to deserve this? You've proven yourself trustworthy. Maybe God's looked at you and said, you know, Naomi been faithful for a hundred years. I'm going to let her go through a trial. And we look at it and say, well, if anybody ought to be having it easy at this point, maybe it's her. And God says, no, I need to prove something to some people in the church. I need to prove something to the adversary. I need to set the record straight one more time. That no matter what comes their way, I am always the provider. I'm always the way maker. I'm always Selah. I'm always who I am. Brother Barnes was, (laughs) he was praying all night and his assistant pastor at the time was up at the church with him praying and 
the assistant pastor, I heard him tell the story, and then Brother Barnes had also told me. And uh, the assistant pastor was down at the front row here praying. Now, Brother Barnes, his chair on the platform wasn't like all these. His, his would move about, and it would rock and swivel. And uh, so he'd, he'd be setting up for half time <laughs> church. He's just a rocking. Well, he's up there. They were, he and the assistant pastor were going to pray all night. And um, the assistant pastor told the story, and he said, I, I had looked up, and Brother Barnes up there doing his deal, praying like he always prayed and rocking in that chair. And he said, we had most of the lights off, just a couple small lights on on the platform. And he said, uh, <clears throat> all of a sudden, as he was laying there on the floor in front of that front pew, he said, all of a sudden, now that the old church had a set of double doors on this side. And a, are y'all bored? A set of double doors over here on this side. And he said, I heard those double doors over there bust open. <clears throat> which they opened to the outside. And so whatever, which I know what it was and you will too. It, it flung those doors open to the outside. And he said, it was just this horrible scream coming out of it. And he said, when I raise my head, I see coming down the aisle this enormous ball of fire. And it was moving with, with tremendous speed. And it was just bouncing off the wall, screaming. It ping-ponged off every wall. He said, I looked up and no prophet sitting on the platform, just rocking. That thing ping-ponging around over his head and out the other set of doors it went. Well, it scared the assistant pastor so bad, he jumped up and run, got in his car, and he finished praying at home. He came back about daylight, no prophet still sitting on that platform in his chair. And I just feel like I'm boring y'all to tears. He looked up, no prophet still sitting up there, and he walked up. He said, uh, Brother Barnes, what happened in here last night? Well, boy, I was praying, and I remembered something. He said, I told the Lord, you said if I'd ask it in faith believing, you'd do it. I'm your son. So here's what I want you to do. If Lucifer has a throne anywhere, I want you to send Michael, the warring angel, to that throne. And I want him to write right across the back of it where the old boy leans his head. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and his name is Jesus. I guess he had a throne somewhere, boy. He is sheer mad when he got here. <laughs> That's who you are. Do you understand what I'm telling you? That is who you are. I guess he had a throne somewhere, boy. Now, you angels that are here, you've been waiting for a little while. I release you to do what you came here to do now. Do what God sent you here to do. However you want to do it. 
We're going to respond to you. Lord, we release you in this sanctuary now. Our faith is at a tremendous level. Do what you want to do. Don't let her be the only one praying in tongues. Somebody else ought to let those angels that are sent here now begin to minister to you. Some of you need to go into travail and intercession. Some of you go into worship, whatever. Yeah, there you go. Come on. Ha ha ha, yeah. In Jesus' name. Come on, Antioch. There you go. Some of you need to begin to release those angels that are standing in this sanctuary to go to your family. Send them to your lost children. Send them to your grandchildren. Send them to your spouse. There are angels with healing in their hands here. Let them begin to minister to you. Yeah, come on. This is what we're doing right now. Yeah, come on, let deep call to deep right now. Yeah, there you go. Come on, that's it. That's it, somebody. Go ahead. Yeah. In Jesus' name, be loose. In Jesus' name, be loosed. That's it, Antioch. You are powerful. You are the people of God. Yeah, in that name that is above every name. Hila ha sha tai ne kia pa re ba ho ro ba ho si ki 
Neta la meki ala mohra bahasha ta yela boho. Ila ba ye ki ala basha ta ele ki aha. Moko pa ele resha anaye le ki abaha. Ita ne le rabasha ta ele moko po. Ne la mande he shi ala a i aka ala mohra baha. Hika sha ha ye ki aha ta adi ni ala mohra bahasha. He tie la maraba shatia la baha. He cane rahasha elebishi. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Release that gifting. Release that anointing. Send those angels out of here. Release that name over this region. Let every devil have to pay attention to what's happening here. Oh yeah, there you go. Come on. Let's go a little further with it. There's another wave of it moving through here right now. Just a gentle move of the Holy Ghost. Let's, let's go with it a little further. Yeah. Yeah, you feel that? Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, let it happen now. Yeah. Release that authority that God's put inside of you. Exercise that dominion that God's given you. Ha shaka ha ha la marabo so ikihi alaha ne pa erehishi alaha eki. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's it. Deep calleth under deep.
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very powerful. Very powerful move of the Holy Ghost in this sanctuary. That's it, Antioch. That's it, Antioch. That's it, Antioch. Yeah, let's go a little deeper. All right, listen to me. Don't everybody stand to your feet. Don't lose that spirit of prayer. I know you won't. If you have been going through it, I, I mean just pressure, strain, stress, attack, and you're done with it. You, you, you've just been in the fire. And, and you know in your heart, it's not just I'm ready for it to be over, but you know it's, it's time for this to be done. I got stuff to do. I, I'm, I'm not going to keep fighting this fight anymore. The mental turmoil, the emotional turmoil. Are you hearing me back there? You ready for it to be over? 
Get that orange shirt and your husband and come on. So you'll know I'm talking to you. It's over. Today's that day. It's done. I want you to come to the front with the rest of these. Those of you that have not got this going on, in a minute you're going to get to participate in miracles. Because we're fixing to pray them out of this mess they've been going through. We're fixing to pray them out of this pit they've been in. Some of them have been going through hell in their homes at a level you have no clue about. Some of them have been under fire on their jobs at a level that you can't even understand. Some of them, their minds and emotions have been so vexed and tormented that it seems like there's never going to be a relief. But that comes today. We're done with it today. If you want to be a part of them getting a miracle in their life today, I want you to come find somebody and get in front of them, get behind them quickly. Men of God, if you would help me. When you get to the person you're going to pray with, I want you to look them right dead in the face and tell them it's over now. This stops now. Today's that day. This is that night. This is that service. It's over now. Tell them. Don't pray for them until you've told them and they agree with you. It's over now. I don't care what kind of hell you've been going through. I don't care the abuse you've had to suffer. I don't care the mental problems. And I don't care that the devil's told you it's never going to stop. I'm telling you, it is going to stop. It is going to be over. And there will be a day when you look back and you won't even hardly be able to remember how that today was as bad as it is. But it is going to be over. It is going to be over. It is going to be over in Jesus' name. The devil is a lie. And we are going to be blessed. We are going to be happy. I am getting out of this. I am coming out of this. Come on, somebody. Get down here and pray with them. Get right in front of them and bless them right now in Jesus' name. You are an overcomer. You are coming out of this. It will not last forever. Today is that day. By the authority of the word, the blood of the name, it's over now. Yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, we're done with it. We're done with it. It's over now. You've got authority. Use it. Take authority and dominion over it now. The devil is alive. Yeah. That's right. Come on, Antioch. We're growing over it now. We're going over now. We take authority and dominion over every spirit of the adversary. Let the angels of the Lord go out against our adversaries tonight. In Jesus' name, let the angels of the Lord go out against our adversaries in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, come on, that's it. You're doing it. Come on, Antioch. You're doing it.
Yeah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He that the Son hath made free is free indeed. Yeah, come on, somebody. That's it. That's it. Huh. We're drawing a line in the sand. And we're telling the enemy, you can go no further. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you are an overcomer. You are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. mental torment ends now that's it Antioch come on oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah in Jesus name yes yeah in Jesus name it's over in Jesus name it's over if you believe God's doing it you ought to begin to magnify him from deep down in your soul Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's over. It's over. Yes. Yes. somebody
<laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. 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 Come on, God's still doing it. 